Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Early in the 1980s, we were coming out of a really bad recession created by President Jimmy Carter's terrible policies. It didn't take a rocket scientist to, to see that the country was headed in the wrong direction financially, well, among other things. And President Ronald Reagan was elected and things began to change. He cut taxes and spending all at the same time. This policy was called Reaganomics, and he was wildly criticized for his financial policies at the time. But, as so often happens, history proved him correct. The 1980s will forever be known as a time of great prosperity. This was because Reagan took the things restraining capitalism and the economy off, and it it did what it was supposed to do it started to actually work, right? Well, Ben Zeisloff, who wrote a series of articles for the Daily Wire, says COVID and the lockdown-induced recession did a number on American businesses and families. Yet, more than two years since the crisis began, the economy still seems to be on its last leg, even amid President Joe Biden's lofty plan to build back better. (laughs) Let's take a look at Bidenomics and see where we are today. First of all, Bidenomics, part of it is that you get to be paid for staying home. COVID and the lockdown-induced recession sent millions of employees home, and many of them never returned. Virtually overnight, the unemployment rate soared from 3.5% to 14.7%, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Though the following months, quick firms quickly ramped up hiring, and as of May 2022, unemployment is once again at a robust 3.6%. But with more jobs open than people available to fill them, the United States soon faced The opposite problem, which economists have dubbed the Great Resignation. You may have heard that. Long lines plagued retail stores and restaurants uh, were were short-staffed. And and perhaps most importantly, logistics uh, companies struggled to fill positions, worsening the supply chain crisis and increasing inflation for consumer goods. Even as businesses scrambled to, to attract workers, The labor force participation rate, this is the percentage of adults who were either holding a job or actively seeking one, had still not recovered from the dip in experience that it experienced in the early 2020 year, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics data again. Now, it was as if someone were paying people to stay home and refuse to work. Well, in in March 2021, President Joe Biden enacted the American Rescue Plan. Uh, this was a 1.9 trillion dollar trillion dollar package that extended the $300 weekly bonus unemployment benefit uh, first passed under Donald Trump uh, through September 2021. A few months later, in the interest of returning their labor markets to normalcy, nearly half of American 
uh, of American governors prematurely adopted or actually opted out of the extension. So they had this money that they could call on and these these governors actually opted out and really for good reason. For many states, the move was a success. Florida businesses hired 1.3 million workers between May of 2021 and August of 2021, with 400,000 hires occurring in the three weeks after Governor Ron DeSantis nixed the unemployment program. According to data compiled by the Federation for Government Accountability, uh, these are huge numbers. Meanwhile, a paper published by the National Bureau of Economic Research confirmed that states choosing to leave the program saw the flow of unemployment workers into employment and it increased by two-thirds. The Congressional Budget Office, likewise, discovered that extending $600 weekly unemployment checks, the original policy passed under, under Donald Trump, uh, and, and his $2.3 trillion CARES Act would cause five of every six recipients to earn more collecting the payments than returning to their, their, their jobs. After the benefits were later reduced to 300 per week, however, nearly half of jobless workers were still poised to do the same. And this is actually according to J.P. Morgan Chase. Now, Representative Kevin Brady, who is a Republican from Texas, confirmed that that study after study has proven that the American Rescue Plan fueled the inflation fire by paying people more to stay home than to reconnect to their jobs. When Republican states uh, opted to, uh, to end the lavish unemployment benefits early, more Americans returned to work, he commented. And, and, quote, had states across the country followed suit, employment would have increased by 1.6 million jobs, bolstering our recovery, unquote. Nevertheless, labor shortages lasted through much of 2021. And, and in one survey of, of economists conducted by the Wall Street Journal, nearly one-fifth of respondents pointed to the phenomenon as the biggest threat to economic growth. So there wasn't like there was a lack of warning signs here, right? Even though there was by no means a shortage of available jobs, and and even as as, uh, nominal wages continue to rise, real wages, which which account for the effect of inflation upon workers' earnings, dropped 3% between May of 2021 and May of 2022. To enjoy the same standard of living, to put this in in more perspective, an American earning, let's say, $50,000 per year would therefore have to work longer hours or slash his budget by $1,500. Workers are watching their paychecks fall further and further behind rising prices at the pump and at the grocery store, Brady said. Many Americans are cutting back on common household expenses and and taking on more debt to make ends meet. But for low-income households, they're being hit the hardest because they they had their earnings wiped out. Uh, Businesses are hardly immune from the rising price levels. In addition to contending with higher energy prices and the low availability of workers helped to prevent 
uh, inputs from reaching their their facilities, causing more than 90% of manufacturing leaders to identify high and, and higher raw material costs as one of the primary business challenges. In early um, 2022, this year, according to a survey from the National Association of Manufacturers, they, they stated uh, this very fact. And from, from May 2021 and to May of 20, 2022, the producer price index, which is called the PPI, rose 10.8%. A, a report, this is from a report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Quote, for six months in a row, Main Street businesses have been hit by double-digit inflation, Brady said. And that means higher prices ahead for families as, as businesses are forced to pass the increase along in this cruel Biden economy. But, but that's not all. I mean, it's, it's not just that. It is the bare shelves and the, and the backlogs. When COVID hit in the United States in the, in the spring of 2020, many co- consumers were greeted with empty shelves at the supermarkets for basic staples like toilet paper and, and things like that. I can remember, you know, grabbing like the last bag of potatoes, you know, at, at the grocery store. Uh, just fortunate enough to, to get that one. Uh, those, those shortages, however, were just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, aggressive lockdowns, shuttered key manufacturing facilities, and, and logistics hubs uh, you know, across the world as viruses began to spread. As those lockdowns persisted in China and other Asian economies, well, consumers in the West saw dramatically higher prices or an abundance of, or and I'm sorry, an absence of certain products altogether. By the end of 2021, hundreds of shipping vessels carrying thousands of containers were stranded off the California coast as as the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach struggled to keep up with the demand. Today, farmers are warning that every agricultural input, which is like from diesel fuel to fertilizer, is in short supply and threatening to to worsen food shortages and, and inflationary pressures. It is not necessary and not necessarily possible for President Joe Biden and other policymakers to make communist China reopen its factories. They just can't do it. Yet several domestic factors that find their, their origins in, in Biden administration policies continue to aggravate the supply chain crisis. He's not making things better. Even before the recession, trucking companies struggled to attract and, and retain drivers. Those challenges worsened with the return of of consumer demand leading to a shortage of 81,000 truckers. Rather than incentivizing a return to the workplace, Biden passed the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, which included a a round of $1,400 relief payments and an extension of the enhanced federal employment insurance. Quote, overall, federal spending continues to drive the amount of money sloshing into the economy. And this, this is actually was said by the Heritage Foundation Research Fellow, Peter St. Onge. Now, he says this as well. He says, this additional spending continues to push demand to uh, unstable levels and with, with too much money chasing too few goods. I mean, that's obviously how you get inflation, right? Stimulus checks and high uh, unemployment benefits have taken over 5 million workers out of the labor force compared to the pre-COVID trend. That's that's huge, 5 million workers less, which disproportionately affects lower wage workers who are critical 
to the supply chain. Now, beyond the American Rescue Plan, and industry groups like the American Trucking Association warned that Biden administration, they, they actually warned the Biden administration that its national national vaccine mandate would cause nearly 40% of the workers to walk away from their jobs. Quote, we ask for flexibility for transportation and supply chain essential workers, particularly truck drivers who spend most of their time in their trucks, right? And have minimal contact with with colleagues and, and customers. And this this was what uh, these groups asked President Joe Biden. But of course, it fell on deaf ears. Meanwhile, President Biden has been so close, uh, so, so, such a close ally to labor unions. Um, they're the one that the last uh, vestige of support that he has left. The, the, the entities, the, these, these labor unions were entities responsible for crippling efficiency in American ports. Supply chain issues have been significantly worse in the United States than other industrialized countries like Japan and, and throughout Europe. Because here they were exacerbated by outdated and, and union dominated ports by labor and environmental rules, and particularly in California, of course, and by uh, stimulus policies that paid blue-collar workers to stay home when they were you know, desperately needed from warehousing to transportation. A recent study from the World Bank um, found that the, the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach were among the least efficient in the world through 2021, even ranking below famously bad facilities in Tanzania and Kenya. We were worse than those, according to St. Ong. Now, he says that this is because unions have fought hard against automation in order to protect union jobs that pay you know, 200000 a year and up. Now, rising energy and transportation prices have likewise increased costs from uh, for businesses, uh, like I was talking about earlier, the, uh, the PPI, the producer price index, uh, rose 10.8% from May 2021 to May 2022. A recent uh, report from the U.S. Bureau of, La- uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics recently revealed uh, this very fact. And the index's rise occurred as prices at the pump continually uh, reached new heights. I mean, obviously, we've, we've, we've seen national averages over $5 per gallon. Now, because energy is an input to literally every good and service in the economy, I mean, there's nothing that energy doesn't touch when it comes to prices of things. Um, pipeline drilling permits and, and threats to uh, rest energy executives all feed to reduce supply of energy. And hence, guess what? That leads to higher prices. National oil production is almost one third below uh, Trump era trend. Uh, despite a doubling of oil prices that should have brought enormous new supply into the production by now. I mean, when prices go up, people want to take advantage of that and they want to sell the oil, right? But they can't. They can't get to the oil because of the Biden administration. Indeed, President Biden has has drawn criticism for sitting idle on 9,000 drilling permits and refusing to greenlight the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline, even as other White House officials claim that the only way out of high energy prices is by developing green energy solutions. That's that's their solution to things. Of course, it's not a solution. Uh, of the three key problems, union-controlled ports, 
labor and environmental rules, and paying people to stay home, none are being addressed by this administration. Rather than than boosting supply to match consumer spending, this administration may end up destroying spending until it matches the the atrophied supply. And 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 let's look at how inflation got out of control in the first place. From sea to shining sea, pay a visit to any grocery store or gas station at this at the um, the story the, the story will be the same. Inflation is gut punching American families who are trying to make ends meet. Inflation, which just a couple of podcasts ago we we went into what this is all about, but the the, the inflation is the rate in which price levels rise. This inflation was relatively stable for the past four decades, especially in the 2010s. Inflation remained at or below the Federal Reserve targeted 2% annual increase. But all of that began to change when President Joe Biden assumed office. In less than two years, inflation faced by consumers has soared from 1.4% to 8.6%. And actually, it's even gone higher. The highest level seen since the beginning of the Reagan administration. As of May 2022, this year, the price of gasoline was up nearly 49%. The price of meat, poultry, and fish was up 14.2%. And the price of used cars up 16%. I, I can I can attest to this. I'm trying to find a car right now because I told the one that I have. Meanwhile, costs faced by, by businesses are skyrocketing at double-digit rates driving many executives to sound the alarm over a coming recession. Likewise, consumer confidence, one of the most important metrics of the United States consumption-driven economy, is plummeted. It has plummeted over the course of the Biden era. And polls show that 95%, get this, 95% of Americans, you wonder why he's in trouble right now when it comes to the political realm and voting and all this kind of stuff. Polls show that 95% of Americans believe inflation is very serious or somewhat serious, that 94% are upset or concerned about the impact of rising prices and 70% disapprove of Biden's management of the inflation crisis. But is Biden really responsible for high inflation? Well, to a large extent, yes, he is. And more importantly, he has neither owned up to his mistake nor made efforts to meaningfully combat higher prices. At the at the outset of his administration, President Biden signed the American Rescue Plan that we talked about. That's the, the $1.9 trillion stimulus package that included $1,400 relief payments for those who met the qualifications. And, and very, very, very few did not, right? $350 billion for state and local governments and an extension of the enhanced federal employment insurance. Next to President Donald Trump's 2.2 trillion CARES Act, the American Rescue Plan was one of the largest federal spending measures in American history. The timing, though, this is important. The timing of the American Rescue Plan contributed to its inflationary impact because the CARES Act was enacted at the worst part of the recession, and it had a significant role in stemming the, the decline of the uh, uh, in economic output. The American Rescue Plan came as the United States economy had already 
been rebounding for several months, meaning that the additional spending was largely unnecessary and in many respects threw a wrench into the recovery. Now, David Bonson, he's a founder of Manhattan-based wealth management firm, the Bonson Group, told the Daily Wire that that supply-side considerations have played the largest role in worsening inflation by providing a massive incentive for workers to not work. <laughs> the American Rescue Plan, according to Bonson, has exacerbated the more significant problem of global supply chain struggling to keep up with surging demand following the recession. This was the last thing the supply chain needed, and it was the last thing the food and beverage industry needed, Bonson said. That element alone, federal subsidy of unemployment, regardless of means testing, all the way through the fall, was a fiscal disaster. Bonson observed that the, the, the loose monetary policy pursued by the Fed since the recession was primarily in, impacted inflation in sectors such as housing. Uh, low interest rates have, have boosted asset inflation, such as, which, which is different from the, from the cost of goods and services. Um, he, he believes that the Fed's need to normalize interest rates to stop the, um, th- this, this, this uh, trend toward capital misallocation. But, but, and, and he also questions the higher interest rates and what they'll mean for inflation. You see, the Fed hikes interest rates by three quarters of a percent in June marking the largest increase since 1994. And the central bank had already increased rates by half a point in May. And that, that was the largest increase since 2000. And, and after that was after a, a quarter rate hike uh, from the zero levels in March. To, to signal that the administration is serious about combating inflation, President Biden and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, met with uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell and and to, to show their support for the, the higher interest rate regime. But Russ Vaught, who directs uh, the uh, U.S. Office of Management and Budget under the Trump administration, uh, he diagnosed the problem as the White, the White House being largely controlled by ideologues. With, with inflation over 8% today, if given a multi-million dollar Build Back Better bill, Biden would sign it, Right. Uh, you know, I can't tell you whether the president is largely personally connected from the American, you know, disconnected from the American people or not. For whatever reason, he 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 just seems like it. But but we're 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 not seeing him pivot into something that's actually going to help the economy. Though Vaughn said that Yellen is perhaps the one official who has, you know. He was behind the scenes uh, and has concerns about inflation. Uh, he's he's noting that that she's not really the one in charge. Uh, Yellen said last year that she was willing to pursue an aggressive spending agenda because the United States has been fighting inflation that's too low and interest rates that are too low for decades now. That's what she said. She said inflation's been too low and the interest rates have been too low, and she's pro- she was promising any. A potential inflation spurt that we would see from the Biden policies, well, that would fade by 2022. 
<laughs> How wrong was that, right? In the subsequent months, progressive economists and Democratic officials such as Larry Summers and Jason Furman uh, began questioning the Biden administration's agenda. And one year later, guess what? Yellen finally declared, I was wrong. <laughs> Which is actually saying something for her because, you know, the Biden administration doesn't do that very often. Yellen is not a policymaker in, in this administration. She's kind of a mouthpiece for for others uh, like Ron Klain and and Brian Dees and, and Jared you know Bernstein. But uh, President Biden has thus far failed to acknowledge that his policies have contributed to soaring inflation. The commander-in-chief has instead blamed corporate price gouging and Putin's price hike for the rising prices. Um, you know, he, he even comes out with things that's saying that that everywhere else uh, inflation is worse. Everywhere else in the world, inflation is worse, though developing nations such as Germany and United Kingdom and Canada and South Korea and Japan are all experiencing lower inflation than us. And Vaught even noted here, he says, you have to be straight up with American people. It's a problem. If you don't want to admit that your policies have caused it, at least do not try to malign the intelligence of American people by coming up with a little gimmicky response. Just be straight up and take your medicine. But of course, he's not doing that. Instead of doing that, he's he's blowing out the federal budget. President Joe Biden entered the White House with a uh, with money printers blazing. I mean, weeks after uh, pr- proposing his 1.9 trillion dollar American Rescue Plan. Biden unveiled an inaugural budget proposal of $6 trillion price tag. And that, and that was for the fiscal year 2023. He proposed $5.8 trillion budget for, for, for beyond that. Among other items, both packages were replete with, with of course, funds to bankroll climate change and, and uh, racial equity initiatives and things like that. Now, obviously, he didn't get that through. Uh, much of that got trimmed down. The White House uh, has repeatedly argued uh, for its first budget, but um, but that that wasn't going to go through because the Republicans stood in his way, and, and actually even some moderate Democrats. Um, Biden's three point uh, three three hundred and fifty billion dollar improvement um, really it constitutes a decrease from one from three point one trillion to two point eight trillion, according to the data. So, in other words. What what we what we saw is that he is saying that he you know he he was the one to cut the deficit uh, to cut deficit. Well, what what's not being said here is that there was a lot of spending at the end of of Donald Trump's administration. Why? Because of COVID. COVID was around, and we had to have the CARES Act to try because the, our response to COVID was to shut everything down. Now that was that was a mistake. We know that now. But in order to shut everything down, we had to pay people to stay home. And then, of course, when Biden got in there, he continued to do that. He continued to pay him to stay home. But then he says, oh, hey, look, I've cut the deficit. No, you, you didn't really cut the deficit because you, it, it was already ballooned because of COVID. And we're just going back now to where we should have been now. It is no secret that both Democrats and Republican lawmakers are more than happy to spend money beyond the nation's means. I mean, President George W. Bush did. Uh, Barack Obama certainly did. President Trump even did, again, because of COVID and that type of thing. Uh, but and, and, and as President Biden faces ugly 
um, poll numbers and amid inflation and another crisis, Republicans, Republicans are poised to, to actually take back both chambers of Congress. I think we definitely will. Although Bont believes that, that, you know, even under Republican administrations uh, or even, you know, Republican held houses and stuff, it's not always the case where you're going to see, you know, just stellar financial decisions made, but at least they're better. And, and, and he said, as um, we had budgets every year in the administration in which we were calling on Congress, which had Republican majorities at the time, at least for two of those four years to be able to be to get spending under control. And they largely dismissed those spending cuts, he said. Republicans will not spend will not step on the gas uh, to the extent in which these ideologues in the White House will. But I'll be looking critically to see whether Republicans are coming forward with a policy agenda that actually articulates getting our house in, in financial order. According to Vought, the ideal budget reigns in spending while not removing the fundamentals of economic growth by raising taxes. You can't raise taxes and then wonder why you don't have economic growth. He says, quote, we have, we, we have got to start by going aggressively after the bureaucracy that has been weaponized and is woke against the American people. Then we need to have a conversation about other things that are necessary, like getting people back to work and off of these welfare programs, increasing the labor force participation rate. I think that's the path forward. And then we can really get back to balancing our books and getting this country back in the right financial place. I would totally agree with that. Those are the steps that need to be done. And if we take back the House, the Republicans take back the House and they take back the Senate, obviously we still have a couple of years of Biden, maybe. We'll see what happens with him. But, uh, you know, it, this is what needs to happen. This is the road to financial success. And, and you can agree with me, you can disagree with me. I would love to talk with you about it. And of course, you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.